Today's gospel lesson is from the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides in you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me because I live, and you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of the Lord. Do any of you have um, wisdom from your mothers that you can just recall very quickly? You know, oh, that's a mother quote. Let me share with you one of my mother quotes. All my childhood, my mom had an expression that was, every once in a while it would come up, and I didn't understand it at the time, but I'm beginning to understand it more now. She would say, truth crushed to earth will rise again. And she was quoting Mrs. Brower, who was her college professor. I, I looked this up online. I did a Google search. Who said, uh, truth crushed to earth will rise again? Mrs. Brower did not show up on my Google search, nor did my mother, but I know my mother said it. It was, it was given, uh, so many people were given credit for that quote, I won't even go into it. A number of people, but for my life, my mother said it. And it comes from some of what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, where he said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Richard Rohr, who will be speaking here on Thursday night in his book, Falling Upwards, says, the truth will set you free, but first it tends to make you miserable. Because <laughs> sometimes it's just too close to home. I looked up how many times truth is mentioned in the Gospel of John. In the King James Version, it is mentioned 22 times. Do you know how many chapters there are in the Gospel of John? 21. So that averages that truth is mentioned at least more than, on average, more than once a chapter. Truth is important to the people who wrote and heard the Gospel of John. Truth was important to the early church and to Christians. So in the passage that Brian read today, it is the farewell discourse where Jesus is preparing his disciples to do without him. And he says, I will send you another advocate, is the English translation. The Greek is parakletos. It's the term the church uses for the Holy Spirit. 
And Jesus says this advocate, this paraclete, is the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. That third person of the Trinity, that third person of God, who is the Holy Spirit, who encourages us, who roots us on, who abides with us, who promises to be there, and who leads us to that which is true. The Holy Spirit, Jesus referred to as the Spirit of truth, leads us to that which is true in our lives, in our world, in our faith, in our understandings of God, in our understandings of self. It is the Holy Spirit that leads us to the truth. Now, knowing the truth is not always easy, and discerning the truth is not easy, and that is why the Holy Spirit has led us into Christian community, because we need each other. We need one another if we're going to discern what truth is. Now, our country is wrestling with what is the truth these days. You can't help but turn on the news and hear various debates over what is truth. The White House, the legislative branch, the judicial branch, and the public, we're all wrestling with what is true. The Holy Spirit may help us with that, and those who have gone before us may guide us in that. I was looking up some quotes on truth this week. I found a good one from former President Gerald Ford. He said, this was as he was reflecting on taking the oath of office of the President of the United States. He said, truth is the glue that holds government together. Not only government, but civilization itself. End quote. The church also doesn't have an easy time discerning what is true. Look at our denomination. Look at all the denominations. Look at the global church. We struggle with one another. We wrestle with what is the true way to follow Jesus. We wrestle with the true image of who God is. I would contend that all of our God images are too small. If our God images are not larger than the universe itself, then our God image is too small. How could God be smaller than the universe? I can't get my mind around the universe, nor can I get my mind around how magnificent and beautiful and expansive God is. That should lend us all a degree of humility, we followers of Jesus and we people of God, that none of us fully understand who God is, but we need each other to share glimpses that we have of the divine so that our understanding of the divine can grow and widen. As United Methodists, we have been entrusted with some resources that may help us discern God's will, not only for us as individuals, 
us as a congregation, us as a conference this afternoon, five of us from this congregation are driving down to the convention center in Wildwood where we will spend three days with 1,300 United Methodists discerning what is God's will on certain issues? What is God's will for our conference? One of the resources we sang earlier in the service, it is the ancient prayer, Veni Sancti Spiritus, come Holy Spirit. If you're ever in a place of discernment where you're, dis where you're struggling with trying to find out what is God's will for me, for you, for relationships, it is a good prayer. Come Holy Spirit, because this is the Holy Spirit Jesus promised that would lead us to that which is true, even if the truth makes us uncomfortable at first. Ultimately, the truth, as Jesus said, will set us free. The other resource that has been entrusted to us is us, Christian community. We need each other. We can't follow Jesus in isolation. We can't follow Jesus as individuals. We need one another to challenge us, to press back, to encourage, to be in dialogue, to be in conversation. Because the Holy Spirit was infused in the Christian community. The temptation we face every Sunday morning is, well, I could just, I could just worship in the, uh, the church of the mattress. Do you know that expression? You do now. <laughs> or, or the temptation is, I could, just, I could worship God on the golf course. God is so beautiful out there. Well, sure God is out there, but you won't grow in faith. How many activities have we chosen to put aside to be here this morning? We need each other. And we need a moment, at least on the Sabbath day, when we can realize it's not about us. God is God, and we are small vessels of God's grace and yet significant vessels of God's grace. We are called to be little Christs in the world. The last resource I want to mention is specifically United Methodist that may help us discern God's will. And it has for many Methodists who have gone before us today is Heritage Sunday, because on the 24th of May, 1738, John Wesley had his heartwarming experience, and he knew God's love was for him. He was a good church-going person. He was a priest in the Anglican church, but he didn't know God's love until that day, worshiping with another denomination. Have you heard of the Wesley Quadrilateral? There are four ways that United Methodists discern God's will. And it's a holistic understanding of how to discern God's will. Some Christians just look at the Bible and they say, if it's in the Bible, if God said it, that ends the discussion, full stop. We are not in that tradition. That's not part of our DNA. We look at four things. We look at the Scriptures. What do the Scriptures tell us? that might lead us to know God's will? What does our tradition tell us, not only as United Methodist Christians, but what is the tradition of Christianity through the last 
2,000 years tell us that might guide us and shape us and encourage us in moving forward? The third in the Wesley Quadrilateral is experience. What does our experience tell us? What is our experience of people, of situations, of God, of following Jesus? What does that experience say to inform us to know what the truth is? And the fourth of the quadrilateral, quadrilateral is reason. God has given us minds to use, to think. God has given us the gift of science so that we might use good reason to discern what God's will is. We Methodists are a holistic theology. We are a holistic people who discern using various means. Because knowing God's will is not easy and it takes a great deal of humility and love and grace. Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit that would be with us, that would guide us, that would encourage us, that would lead us to the truth, that would put us into the flow of love, and Jesus said, I close with this, I will not leave you orphaned. In a little while, I am coming to you. The world will not see me, but you will see me because I live, you also shall live. Friends, some of us are going through a season of our lives where we feel like we've been orphaned because of various situations. And we feel like we're not sure about the future. And we may be worried about the future and we may be feeling somewhat abandoned by people or institutions or reason itself. And we Christians can lean on the promise that Jesus said, I will not leave you orphaned. I will send you another advocate. I will send you the Holy Spirit. Would you sing with me? Holy Spirit, come to us. 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 Holy Spirit, come to us.